0: This Passover season, this Passover time, and we're, you know, we're we're breaking down the elements that you'd find on a table at a Passover seder, which are the elements you find on the cross. Yes, it's yes. all Jesus. It doesn't matter what part you're looking. And that's when I was this little boy, we had our first Passover seder. You know, and I had a pretty good concept of Jesus, I would have thought, but <laughs> suddenly it was like, wait, he's in the bread. And he didn't and begin to explain all these elements in relation to who Jesus is, and it was like, oh. Mm -hmm. And scriptures that I think would have been just very ordinary scriptures to me suddenly came alive that otherwise would not come alive. And that's what's awesome about observing and celebrating these appointed times and taking these deep dives because it does bring to remembrance things that we didn't even know we knew about God and, and his relationship with us and why Jesus had to go through what he went through and why we remember it this way. I mean, it's just... It's probably 45 yeah. years ago. Wow. And I still remember to this day, I can still picture sitting at the table looking at all mm. these elements wow. and hearing this for the first time. Yeah. And then it's amazing. Amen. So we've got some elements left on the table. We do. And uh, these are kind of cool elements, too, because they're very common. Uh, salt. Bible says in Leviticus 2 season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offerings. Add salt to all your offerings. So you take a pinch of salt and you put it on your little matzah and and, and eat it. Uh, salt preserves. It purifies. Mm-hmm. We are the salt. Jesus is the bread. All right? When we eat the afikoman especially, I'll show you why the matzah is a beautiful revelation of, of Yeshua, Jesus. But this salt is a constant reminder of us to be the change, to be the difference in the world around us. Another thing is the horosis I talked about earlier and bitter herbs. You combine these things together now. Uh, No matzo, you just eat bitter herbs and and horosis, And uh, the is the mixture of the nuts and the apples and wine. And with that, we recall the bitterness of slavery when we chose to sin and choose to sin, really. We remember the suffering of Jesus who set us free and in that horosis, we still taste the sweetness of God's forgiveness, and that's part of that particular one. Now, a real interesting one that you see once again—we're talking about places where Jesus had some kind of transition or change to the in the Last Supper that the normal Passover seder would have. And this is a real special part of the traditional seder, and you eat the matzah combined with bitter herbs and the sweet horosis. And uh, oftentimes with lamb as well. Uh, and you recall the bitterness of slavery or sin and the herosis, the sweetness of his redemption. But this is called the sop, this mixture that you put together. Hmm. And again it's if you if you have meat at the service, it's part of it, the lamb. But it's generally the matzo, the horosis, the bitter herbs. It's a sandwich you make. Two pieces, you put it in there. And you know, the fun part in families is the amount of horseradish you put on it. That's <laughs> it's, it's really the in our house, who gets it, it depends how much horseradish you're gonna put on there. But you give it to a loved one. Your your greatest love. And generally the one seated next to you is the honored seat in any particular passover so because the seating of passover it's not arbitrary Mm. it's it's an important meal those closest to you physically are also your closest friends or family the ones you trust the most because they're gonna put the horseradish on your meal so of course (laughs) (laughs) you want them to know you and that you want more of that you want to know if you love it or not (laughs) so of course it's another significant place where jesus just flips the tables on the ordinary so this should have been Jesus should have given this to Peter, James, maybe John. Definitely John. He's the loved one. John's yes. the loved one, right? Yeah. Jesus gives it to Judas, mm. <laughs> and so the everybody proof. in the room is going, "Oh, hey, hey, hey!" What? The Wait world. a second. When you give it to your closest friend, it, it, we are the bride of Christ, and it, so that exchange of sop is saying, "You are my beloved," and that person is saying, "Yes, you're my beloved too." Yeah. I want you to remember that, because these two are going to have an exchange in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. A couple more exchanges for Jesus trying to say to him, hey, you're my beloved. Yeah. And he wants the answer from him to be, you don't ever want to say, hey, I love you. And so I go, yeah, thanks, appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So Peter, he's a zealot. He knows when things are done wrong. He says, whoa, now, we know he's a thief and a liar. Why Why in the world are you giving him the sop? So he gets defensive and says, I will never betray you. And he again misses the purpose of the change in this new tradition here. Jesus washed Judas' feet. He gave Judas the sop. He's saying, I know what's in your heart. I am your only hope. You only have this much time to choose well. He was a friend of sinners, not an accuser. Right. We can find many of the instructions for the Seder in the Mishnah, was, which was written by rabbis in the 3rd century who were concerned their oral traditions could be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Where do they get the information about the Seder? According to the rabbis, they came to Jewish believers, followers of Yeshua, because by this time, there were many Greeks in the growing church, and as a result, the most significant part of the Jewish Passover Seder, uh, the Afakomen, The Greek word, that's why. Yeah. Because when they wrote the Mishnah, the church had become very Greek. But much of what we know now as this Passover Seder is very much the Christian Last Supper Seder. That Jewish families still do. Obviously, they leave uh, the parts of Jesus out. But eating the Afakomen was the most important part of this meal. So this Greek word suddenly begins the next part of the meal. Since the meal can't be completed without eating the Afakomen, the Afikoman is that broken middle matzah that was hidden. It's got to be found and brought back, and one who finds it gets a great reward. Well, the bread itself obviously reminds us of Jesus. The rabbis have these rigid codes as to the appearance of matzah. It must have stripes, be pierced, and without leaven. Mm. Jesus was afflicted, striped, pierced, and without sin. Isaiah fifty-three. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Yes, he was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. He is the matzah. Sailors would often save some of the afikoman to keep with them because it was believed to calm the sea. And as it happens, this was one of the miracles that Jesus did to help end the disciples' unbelief. Many of them were fishermen, so mm-hmm. they probably had a little pouch in their little belt there with a little afikoman. I would bet. And Jesus walking on the water, calming the sea, they're going, hmm. This guy is something. <laughs> it was during the eating of the sapphicomen and the blessing of it that the Bible tells us Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And we had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. this is my body, which is broken for you, so do this in remembrance of me. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. So, in Jerusalem at Passover time, Jews got ceremonially clean. They fixed up the roads, they whitewashed the tombs. It's to prevent travelers from seeking shelter in a cave. It was really a tomb. If you touch a dead body, you're unclean. You couldn't even eat Passover, so they didn't want anybody to have to suffer that. After eating the afficom, no other food can be eaten for the rest of the night, other than the last two cups of wine at the Seder. You can have coffee, tea, or water, something like that. But the reason is, you want the taste of the matzo that was eaten during the meal to remain in your mouth, especially the taste of the afikoman. Jewish law prescribes that an olive-sized piece of matzah be eaten to commemorate the lamb whose meat was eaten at the very end of the Seder meal in the days that the temple stood. And ironically, the Jewish Seder includes everyone taking a small piece of the afikoman and eating it in the same way each of the disciples passed it around, and uh, Jesus gave them each of a piece of his body and said, take and eat. They hmm. still do this. Wow. They're all doing it and back tonight. They'll pass the <coughs> afikoman and each take a little bite in the same way because they're following the symbols of the Last Supper that Jesus did. And obviously, this is another one of the areas where the Jesus Passover sets apart from a normal Seder. And um, for the first time, they finally understood what the afikoman was all about all these years, you know, a thousand years. And appropriately, the next element in the Seder was just as special and for the first time they understood just how special is when you come to the third cup of wine or juice it's the next almost at the very end of the passover and we'll come to that next